Welcome to Dragon Talk. Yay! I love that I get to say that every week. And it is our book, Welcome to Dragon Talk. It's so cool. I almost have a hard time saying the title of our upcoming book without saying it like, Welcome to Dragon Talk! Each time I type it out, right, on the uh, on the tweets, it does feel yeah. like I'm saying it out loud. Well, and I actually just tagged you in something on the old IG, and when I was tagging you, I heard your voice in my head say, and Greg underscore Tito on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> So funny. I was doing, uh, yeah, it's, it's it, the way your brain kind of has things programmed in your head as to like, oh, you have to say it a specific way. Yeah, it's amazing. It's good. Oh, but boy. But in case you were wondering, this is the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast. God, I, yeah. I'm Greg Tito, and that is Shelly Mazzanoble. Yeah. Making it happen today. We've got a great episode for you here of this here Dragon Talk. We are talking to Jade Valkyrie, a Mm -hmm. cosplayer, thespian, producer, amazing RPG player in her own right. And uh, we pick her brain on many things, including um, what types of tea she likes. Although I think we did that before we started recording, but she alluded to it. Yep, we learned a lot about that. Totes, my goats. Um, and we, as we have been saying, are super excited for our book to come out and get into more people's hands. Welcome to Dragon Talk, inspiring conversations about Dungeons and Dragons and the people who love to play it. And that subtitle just man rings through, <laughs> rolls right off the tongue. All the people that we've been talking to on our our world podcast tour. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exactly that, even though it is it is long. It is a longish subtitle, but I think it actually really does encapsulate what's in this book. It really is inspiring conversations about people who love to play D&D. It's true. It's true. And it's been such a delight to talk to all of these wonderful podcasters that are out there also creating amazing content. And we get a chance to be guests on their shows and talk a little bit about our book and talk about Dragon Talk and just... I'm just, I'm having the best time, Greg. I'm really just, I don't know what we're going to do when our book comes out and nobody wants to talk to us. We'll write another one so that what? people talk to us. Uh, I think we're going to have to. It's been nice being, you know, us as fee- uh, forever DMs or, or forever hosts uh, asking the questions. It's been nice to be like, okay, yeah, we can talk about ourselves and talk and then when we're done with that answer, we can just stop and see what the other people are going to yeah. ask us. It is nice a little bit. I kind of I kind of love it. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I really like talking about this book, though, because I really like talking about D&D and the, the community and writing this book with you. It's all, it's, it's, it was all fun, and it's really fun to talk about. So a lot of these, you'll be hearing Greg and I probably on a lot of the podcasts that you already listened to. So sorry. You're just going to get inundated <laughs> sorry, with not sorry. the Greg and Shelley World Podcast Tour. But um, we're, we're looking, we'll, we'll, we'll do more. So if you've got a podcast and you are interested in chatting with us, we really like chatting with you. So We do indeed. Reach out on the uh, Twitters. Or my direct messages are open. So um, send it our way and we'll figure out a time to make it happen. I think I even got one this week. So very excited about that and uh, we'll be booking it soon. So 
slide slide into the DMs. That's right. That's what you do. That's what the kids say. You right? can slide into a DM and just ask an innocent question, right? Or is sliding into a DM always assuming something else? I don't. I always uh, I I've only only use social media for more professional promotional type purposes. Uh, not so much on the trying to date scene, <laughs> having been married so. as long as I have. So, uh, <laughs> but I understand that that's very different. Uh, you know, I have to explain uh. things uh, usually in Lizzo songs <laughs> to my daughters. They're like, what are they? What is DMs? I'm like, those are direct Dungeon messages. master. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then it gets really confusing. Uh, it's so there. confusing. Yes. Yes, yes. All right. Well, if you would like to pre-order Welcome to Dragon Talk, as we've been talking it up here, it is available at the University of Iowa Press website. You can order it through your local bookseller. That would be a great way to get more out there, maybe convince them to get more than one copy to spread to the love and get this book out there to as many D&D fans as well as D&D curious folks out there. It's a great gift. If you have someone in your life who's like, I've always wanted to find out more about Dungeons and Dragons, but I don't want to hear it from 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 you. I want to hear it from uh, people who work on the brand. Well, here, this is it. This is the best introduction uh, I think out there right now, at least modern wise, uh, on on everything that has gone on in the D and D community. I'd say you're right, and I would also say that Booklist, who is a very well respected uh, review publication published by the American Library Association. As would agree with you, Greg, because apparently we got a really good review from I know. them. It's very, very we, nice. And we've only seen just a, a little tiny chunk of it, but the rest of it I think we'll get to see on November 10th. Not that I'm like counting the days to it, but I am. But they actually do say in the excerpt that we read from the review, Welcome to Dragon Talk will appeal to many different audiences and is accessible for those who have never played and want to learn why people love to talk about D&D. It's Hello, true, is right? there anything better? That is that is our goal. That is what we set out to do. I feel like that was in the pitch doc. Like that was there from the get-go. Uh, and they picked up on it. And mm. ALA, thank you. Thank you, Booklist. We'll share that review far and wide once it gets published in, in, in totality. But that's just that expert so has proud. got me riding high. I'm like, yeah, that's oh, it. We're done. 100%. I'm just like, just beaming. Love it, love it. And so many people have said nice things when we've uh, been able to provide, provide them with uh, digital preview copies. So it's 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 looking like uh, people really enjoy it. And those of you listening to this podcast will realize it's not that much different in tone or style or content than this podcast that you love listening to each week. And so uh, feel like you can, you can read a podcast, you can do so with this book. <laughs> That's true, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Read a podcast. I, love I don't know it. if we mentioned the footnotes on this here, uh, but that's that was one of my favorite parts was writing footnotes in each other's essays that felt like we were, you know, adding in jokes or adding in details uh, that was our personal experience about the the interview subject. So that was, I think, really does make it feel more like a podcast in that it way. It does. Like we're chatting with each other. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Good stuff all around. Um, and one of the people that we... Uh, love to highlight, uh, you know, similar in many ways to all of the interviews, subjects that we've had over the many, many years is Jade Valkyrie, who's coming up right now. So let's give a welcome to Dragon Talk. Welcome to her right now. Yay. 
Everyone, let's welcome Jade Valkyrie to Dragon Talk! Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Woohoo! So hello, excited. Hello. hello. I'm excited to be here. Like, yeah. this is really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you are a, a cosplayer, a producer. You do so much fun stuff, uh, streaming. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of D&D is weaved in through all of those projects. Oh, and you have a kitty cat. And you have oh a familiar. This is my... I have two to three, depending on the day of the week, since my partner also has a cat. Um, and all of my cats are canon to every single universe that I play in because <laughs> they can come in at any time and they love it cats for any love, streamed games. They love D&D. I am a firm believer of this, especially the dice, which are so much fun to just bat off of tables. Yes. <laughs> I, I've taught this one how to roll a D20. And oh my God. Um, he's rolled pretty high for me so far. So I Wait. think that the strat is to get a cat wow. to roll for you. How do you get the cat to roll? I'm sure there's a lot of cat owners <laughs> listening right now that are like, huh? Tell me more, Jade. So the idea is that, so I have like my dice tray on my desk and, but it's also like underneath like a little court, like a little corner, you know, how cats like to go underneath, like, like, you know, a, a door or like a tight space and they like yes. to bat at whatever passes that tight space. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like doing the motion while yeah, I'm you know, explaining we all are. Like, oh, yeah, I've seen those. <laughs> that, that little batting motion. And so I put my dice tray just on the other edge of that little tight corner and then he just grabs like the closest thing and I'll put my d20s in the corner for him to like just smack at and my dm has allowed it and Ugh. we've gotten one at least one nat 20 so wow have your cats roll for you <laughs> right? i'm surprised you can get him to do that i just feel like my cat would have been like no <laughs> I don't. I don't work for you, human. Right. I sense that you want this, so I'm going to try. I will not, not to be make doing it. it. No, that I'm is going to cat's mood. Yeah. <laughs> cats. Uh, what's that cat's name? Um, this orange cat. Their name is uh, Nemo. Um, just so I can say, hey, have you seen my son Nemo? <laughs> 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 Which I love to do every single time. Um, and then I have an older black cat who is a little bit more moody. And her name is Nyx, like the goddess of night. Oh, and nice. then my partner's cat, um, their name is uh, Cheez-It. Because they're like kind of like a half mm, white, Jesus. half orange cat. So they kind of look like little twisty cheese sticks. But mm. cheese stick wasn't a good name, so he went with cheese it instead. Mm. Makes sense. Cheese it's yummy. Those are great mm -hmm. names. I want to. I want to find Nemo or what you're doing when you're walking around the house trying to look for your cat. It's <laughs> Nemo. Uh, I love that. Also in your bio, you are referred to as geek lifestyle specialist. Honestly, there is no greater title than that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's just I am a. I would, everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm a huge nerd, whatever. But I am also a huge nerd, but I am also like, I try to make a lot of my content because I, everything I do has some type of nerdy element. Like before we started this convo, we're talking about teas and I got a Princess Peach um, flavored tea, video game style tea. Um, I have, I use some of my cosplay props as decorations. Uh, it, there's just a lot that goes into my like content. So whenever I make any type of contact, whether that be food wise or fashion wise, there's always a geeky element to it. So instead of being like, I'm a geek, but I do other things. I'm just like, I do a lot of things, 
as a geek. And that's that's been (laughs) the best way to describe what I do. That's great. Put it on the business card, right? I'm the, yes. What was it? Geek lifestyle? Uh, yeah, geek, geek lifestyle, lifestyle specialist. Specialist. Yes. Okay. I love it. I We should all strive to be that. Um, I'm going to try to introduce myself at parties that way and see how, how uh, far that I'm goes. A, I'm a geek 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> I say that like I go to parties. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Hi, I'm Greg Tito, geek lifestyle specialist. <laughs> you have to say it like that, though, when you say it. Mm. And then slide over a very thick and high-quality business card. Yes, exactly. <laughs> With gold leafing. This is yeah. Greg, a geek yes. lifestyle specialist. And, and, and then Patrick it. Bateman starts sweating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have also said that, and you're speaking to this a little bit, but you really had no choice but to be a geek lifestyle specialist because you were born into this geeky lifestyle. What what was that like? What what's your upbringing like? Who did this to you? <laughs> who did this? Who did this? Um my my dad who probably will be listening to this podcast will be like, "It's me. I Hi, dad. did this." <laughs> I did this. Good job. Good job. Shout out to dad. Yeah, he um when I was when I was born and then right afterwards my mom was going through law school, so my dad did a lot of early raising me and also I was like you know a 70s and 80s kind of like vibe so I was watching like animated series like Spider-Man animated series the Hulk animated series um, reading comic books and then the whole try to like help me sound out the words on children's books but in the comic books nice Um, and then we just start playing more and more games um, and like just every cornerstone of nerd culture was just embedded into my early childhood and then this became like a way for me and my dad to like you know just bond so earlier later on um, our family game was God of War, <laughs> which is not a family game, especially the first three. No, but yes. um, we we made it work. He played through like you know the very explicit parts, and then he'll just be like, "Okay, now you press these buttons, and you can go like haywire." And then this guy Kratos, he's really cool. Um, and I was just like, I'm just happy to press buttons. Like <laughs> the, the gore and the other elements were lost on me as a kid, but. Um, it was it was it was nice. It was really nice, um, and it's been like that ever since. Uh, he also took me to my first convention, oh. um, and that first convention is how I learned about cosplay. And then, of course, I started cosplaying. And he's actually cosplayed a couple times himself, uh, like along with you. Um, one, on only one time along with me. Uh, we did two like spookier characters. So he was like Doc Samdi, who's like a um, like voodoo. Um, uh, being um and then I did kind of just like a uh also like just kind of spooky general like witch-ish ish character for like a Halloween thing. Mm-hmm. Um but we've also went to cons together in cosplay but not matching. So he brought um I think he did a mashup of a couple Samuel Jackson characters. Um I can't it was like Afro Samurai and uh um, Jules from uh, Pulp Fiction. Ah. Oh, uh, amazing. <laughs> so we did that. Um, and then I did like a Mad Max thing. So we had like, you know, um, just, you know, the uh, the, the father-daughter don't match together because we have separate fandoms. And uh, recently I also was able to bring him to San Diego Comic-Con because I was a guest. So we made it full circle and it's like our, it's our thing. <laughs> oh my goodness. That I is that. amazing. He must be so proud. 
Yeah, he is. He, and he's also this like, he he's like my number one fan and it just always makes me so happy because he's like, I showed you to my coworker. Your coworker is my, <laughs> my, my, you're my coworker is your biggest fan. And I think you, you should do this cosplay. And he's like, thanks, Seb. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, that is great. That is great. I have not done cosplay with my daughter yet, but I feel like that's, Oh, she's that's, going down that that's road. coming. Yeah, it's something she's re- special. She's really in, uh, loving Halloween this year. She's in middle school for the first time, so it's a little bit like, oh yeah, she can be a little bit more, you know, move away from the cutesy type of things to the more she's a, playing a vampire. And I was like, Ooh. you're enjoying this a little bit more than I thought you would, and uh, I kind of love it. <laughs> nice family vampires. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm looking at your website and at all of your amazing cosplay it is truly incredible like you do refer to yourself as a shapeshifter and i'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i think there might be that might there might be some truth <laughs> to that but where like how who are you making all of these these pieces is this all you I would say about 90% of the stuff that I make um, is my own. A couple of the really, really hard things to do, like making a uh, bunny suit, for example. That's mm. definitely, it's something I could do, but it's not something that I would like to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, It's a way more complicated. So this, for that, I think I commissioned Castle Corset Tree, who's a very, oh. very great uh like place and Lauren's amazing. Um, so usually I work with uh, her about like the more corseted options because that is not within my wheelhouse, but most makeup, most props um, and most like more plain clothes are either directly made by hand or I buy something and I kind of modify it through what I need it to do, um, which is part of my fun. I, I just like making stuff a lot um, and then like just character creation and like uh thinking about everything and being in that character so that's why it was so like you know it made sense for me to eventually fall into D D <laughs> because yeah. of some of the similarities um especially cosplaying D characters it was like a no-brainer for me but yeah i really like the act of uh exploring um well, sometimes it doesn't get as deep, but like exploring the identity of another being and trying to embody that. Um, can you tell I was a theater major as well? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You're in good company. We were also theater majors. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's something to that. There is this, we- This I guess it's not really weird. It actually is, makes logical sense. But like there is such a connection between the role playing and embodying a character, doing so with text uh in 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 theater and then the cosplay aspect of costuming and 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 makeup and all those effects like i love how the we were talking about three separate things right theater cosplay and and yeah and <laughs> but they blend in together so well and i love that you're like no i'm not gonna choose i'm gonna do all of them and enjoy <laughs> Yeah. So what uh yeah talk a little bit about the characters that you've chosen to do because i love um you know, it seems like you have a, a connection to some of these, and that's kind of important, right? Like, you can't just do, oh, I'm just going to do so-and-so cosplay. You almost have to have a, a bond in some way to to those characters, right? Yeah. I would say that my first and probably my most popular cosplay is my She-Hulk cosplay. Mm. Um, she was my first cosplay ever. So that image is Aww. not found on the internet because I didn't want anyone to see me because it was so, so bad. But hey, we learned. Um, that was because I just used like the Halloween, the spirit Halloween like uh, makeup that doesn't dry. I didn't know it didn't dry. Um, <laughs> oh no! And tried to put oh, on like no. a jacket. 
Every there's green everywhere. I was smeared. Why would they uh, make a paint that doesn't dry? That's not your fault. I don't understand why they sell that in like um in What's, in like you like a what are they called? Just like more public makeup stores because most people don't know that. It makes sense if it's like heavy, heavy, heavy or under stage lights grease makeup, but definitely not for Halloween, which is asking for a mess. So <laughs> yep. um, I have some beef. I have some beef with that company. <laughs> I think they can do better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she was my first one. I think that I did that in 2013 or 14. Um, that was my first time cosplaying her. And I have cosplayed her almost every year. I don't think I did in 2015. Definitely 2016 and 17 and then onward. Um, and she's just been one of those characters that uh, when I was growing up uh, with, like I mentioned with my dad, um, I watched like the Hulk animated show and she was introduced and she was so cool. And she was just like, not even Jane Fonda can cut. Crack concrete like this gal, and I was just like, oh, she's so amazing. Um, so since then it's just been an obsession, and then my mom was a lawyer, so it's just like she's just like mom. Oh. So between those two things, it was just a recipe for me to like attach to this character as a kid. And since then, I found like more nuances and things that I really enjoy about that character. Um, so I've cosplayed her a lot, including for like the newer show that came out. Um, and I even it just gotten better every single time, which is always nice. You learn things about what shade of green works best with your skin tone. Like, mm. do you want to go a classic route? Do you want to kind of like make it your own thing? So like one of my most recent versions of her, I have like the similar curl pattern like I do here because I was just like, what if I just did curly hair? Because that's what I think looks better on me. And like if I were Jen Walter's base and I turned into She-Hulk, I probably would have the same hair texture. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really fun um, to like, you, you yeah. know, deviate from the original. Um, other characters that I really, really attached to, um, I uh, didn't actually play PC games for a really long time um, just because of how expensive computers were. Mm. But the first PC game I played was Overwatch. So I also cosplayed a lot of Overwatch characters like Mercy and Symmetra um, because they were just the first characters. And I was like, wow, this is a really game. It was also one of the few games that I started without my father. Mm. It wasn't like a duo game. It was something that I found on my own that I really, really liked. That's cool. So things like that. And then, of course, I had to shout out my Dragon Age cosplays as well um, because I guess that was my first start into the uh, whole like fantasy uh, role-playing uh, section um, of, like, fandom. And that was also really great. And Isabella is probably one oh. of the most <laughs> impactful characters. Also, Morgan. I have a statue of her above my <laughs> <laughs> above my uh, shelf. But yeah, Morgan and Isabella, they're also pretty amazing. And I'm hoping to do them again soon because those were one of also one of my earlier cosplays. So they don't have as many pictures. So I'm, I say that cosplay and they're like, where are the photos at? Yeah. They're like, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Maybe in the Tumblr backlog somewhere, but not on on the website yet. Sorry. Uh, But yeah, I just, I tend to try to cosplay characters I'm inspired by or I'm deeply moved by their backstory or I just think that they look amazing. Yeah. And that's good enough for me. Yeah. Isabella is such a cool character. I loved her. She was always in my party in Dragon Age 2, I think is the one Yeah. We play the, you meet her in one, right? Didn't you meet her? Yeah, in you meet her. 
Yeah, you meet her a little bit in one, and she teaches you a sub like a fighting subclass, I believe. Right. Dueling. Um, and then Dragon Age 2, she's a full companion. And then in 3, she is a multiplayer character, but I didn't touch that, so. Yeah, I'm not the other, but I always loved uh, her in 2 as the companion. I think she was almost always in my party because I thought she was so badass. And mm-hmm. worked out. And I think I think my character uh, liked her as well. <laughs> oh, wise decision, my decision. Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> Um, uh, that's awesome. I want to go back to She-Hulk a little bit just before we move on because obviously yeah. that show is 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 out there now and I wanted to get, I mean, as you being so much into it, I don't want to necessarily, I'm, I'm a little scared because I don't want to be like, you know, if you didn't like it, we can move on. But like, I'd love to hear your <laughs> your your interpretation of it because it has been, and one that I've been sharing with my daughter as well. We've been watching all the episodes together. Oh, that's lovely. So for me, I had to find the middle ground because mm-hmm. everything is no adapt- adaptation is going to be the 100% whatever you wanted as a long term fan. And uh, like, but I do recognize all the great things about it. Um, for me, it was her personality was like a rendition of the. Um, series in the run that I grew up with, The Sensational mm. She-Hulk, written by, mostly, I think, was drawn by John Byrne. Um, and that one, she has, she's a fashion, I, it's this more, I guess, towards the end of the series. I don't want to spoil it. But once she starts getting more comfortable being She-Hulk more than Jen, she's like, you know, super duper outspoken, um, fashion icon, just, you know, out there, very a very confident woman. And that's part of why I just absolutely adored this rendition. I also really like Tatiana Maslany as Jen Walters. I think that that's just also a great combo. So I just live for those moments of like the character and people experiencing that. She-Hulk isn't just copy, paste, Bruce Banner, but a woman, but she's like her own like super confident and like not necessarily like invincible in confidence, but you know, she's got other priorities besides like, I have a duty to my country and I'm going to go do so-and-so. No, she wants to be a lawyer. She's going to be in the courtroom. Mm -hmm. She's going to, she has dating troubles. She, you know, she, she's just, oh, not just, but she is also like a fully fledged, being in the MCU. And she also likes to talk to people through the fourth wall, which yes. a lot of people sometimes forget. And I'm just like, wow, they made her just like Deadpool. And, like, and then they have to like do the whole, I don't want to <laughs> be that type of comic book fan. But uh, she's been doing it for a really long time. <laughs> and, and, uh, longer than Deadpool has, right? Yeah, like, I'm 90% like, sure. So it, yeah. it's just one of those things. I'm like, I'm not trying to be that person. But don't <laughs> you dare ris- disrespect Jennifer Walters in front of me. <laughs> but overall, I, I think it's a really fun time. Um, I actually cosplayed some versions of her. I'm also a huge Megan Thee Stallion fan. So when that crossover oh, happened. Perfect. My my partner was like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "I'm not okay." <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I was colliding. like, "I'm not okay." <laughs> uh, and then that literally the same day, I broke out all my green paint so I could make a couple of TikToks from that audio. Um, nice. Hopefully it the, was the not shine, the not uh, non yeah, drying the, stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure that one. <laughs> but yeah, I'd break that out immediately because I'm just like, this is so relevant to my interests, so relevant. Uh, and it was it was great. It was glorious. Megan awesome. hasn't seen it, but I'm hoping someday, sometime, she will see it. <laughs> Your cosplay. 
Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, let's continue to tag and make that happen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> One day the notification will get to her, I'm sure. I'm sure Megan listens to Dragon Talk. Oh, she so. does, actually, yeah. Yeah, I huge, fan. About that. huge fan. <laughs> I think that she would be a phenomenal player, just saying. <laughs> totally. Yeah, agreed. Oh, um, amazing. So what about what about D&D? So when did you get into, I mean, it does seem like that path was clearly drawn for you, but when did it start for drawn. you? Drawn. Ooh, good uh, yeah. Thank you. I think that um, I first started playing um, D&D um, in college. Uh, and that was because one of the people who lived around me was like one of those forever DMs and really wanted new people. Um, cough, cough, new victims, but in like an affectionate way. Um, so we played like Lost Minds of Fandelever, very basic. And it was everybody at the table besides the DM's first time playing D&D. So oh, we were great. stumbling across it. We did pretty well. Um, I played like a red-haired uh, half-elf druid, which I didn't know was a cliche. No one told me. <laughs> but oh. it's okay because she was... she Because I mean, I... I love playing cliches anyways. But uh, it was just really funny in hindsight now knowing more about being, being in this space, how many there are, which is wonderful that we all have that hive mind of it. Just looks looks good. Red hair looks good with green. It's just very, <laughs> very festive. <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, we played that character for like I think a couple of sessions. It wasn't super duper long um, because college students and scheduling. Oh, yeah. Uh, but um, it definitely get got me into that bug. And then I started trying to seek out like um, other campaigns to do to be a part of and other things to do. A couple of one shops here and there also in person. And then like that kind of continued a couple of years until the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic is when I started getting into um, streamed campaigns uh, through a cosplay friend of mine who also started doing stream campaigns. So I was like, hey, what you're doing is awesome. I love like watching every single like one of your girls streams. Like, do you have any tips about like how to like get involved with one? I think that'd be really cool. I would love to do like a longer term like campaign of some sorts, but I don't really know like anybody or when to start. And so she handed uh, she handed me a couple of discorders, discorders, discords, <laughs> like um, the Initiative Order and Blackwater D and D. So I started interacting with those peeps and playing some one shots with them, um, and then eventually landed on like my first longer term campaign, which was with uh, Mercs of Mischief. It was like a class trip. It was like a spinoff of their original, of their main storyline. Um, where there was like one of their main characters from their main storyline became a TA for <laughs> Avengers that's just starting out. Oh, um, I like that. <laughs> it was really, really cute because then um, we had like year one. And so year one, we were like, my character was one of the green green individuals being taught by like their their bard. <laughs> <laughs> who definitely did not want to be there. She was a, there, a wine mom. Bard. You said green. You said green as inexperienced, but I, I know, still I, in the she hole. I'm still line. in the hole. Like, Wait, you, you were green. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I haven't played. An, I haven't played a half orc or an orc yet, or anybody green for that matter. But I do have an idea in mind to play an orc, half orc, uh, bard one day. Ooh, um, that'd be fun. I think that'd be really, really cool. Um, it's in my brain <laughs> one day. Nice. 
Um, but yeah, it was really cute because we got to do that. And it was a really good way of kind of also being in the beginning state because it wasn't like, oh, you are level 15. Good luck, son. It was like, <laughs> you're level one. <laughs> yeah, You're the basics of adventuring. Um, and it was really nice. And we got to have a season two where my character was a TA and just kind of got Aww. me into that mood, into that um, like community, which I really love and appreciate now. That is great. Yeah. And then you've gone into like producing a little bit of, of one shots and things like that. What's what's that been like? It's been awesome. I um so one of the things that I started doing um is that I eventually started my own channel um with a couple of my friends. We were in the middle of a campaign and there was some um like uh just different creative decisions that we just didn't want to go that route. And there mm -hmm. were two separate campaigns going on. So our campaign just chose to leave that channel and then become our own channel. Um, so I started do, being the creative producer um, for that. And it's been lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, I It's just kind of something that I had done already and like my like nine to five jobs, I suppose, uh, being a, like a live stream producer and a host and producer for shows. Um, so I, the next step logically was for me to, you know, put those mm -hmm. people wrangling skills and those runs of shows and all of that jazz and put that into the tabletop scene, which I really liked. Uh, and it's been, it's not something that I thought that I would get myself into, but it's really, uh, it's really rewarding and it's really awesome. And we've even gotten to work with um, Phenology PV, which is like the nerd section of Amazon Prime um, to put oh, on cool. a, well, it started off as just going to be a one shot, but you know how those go right. it really well. Yeah, sometimes get to be two shots. Um, and then we produced a uh, tabletop, uh, the boys pride um, two shot, essentially, where we're playing, um, all the players were playing like rejected people um, from like one of the plot points of season three of the boys. Um, just basically rejected superheroes who have their flaws <laughs> and have their, Aww. you know, all their quirks and also all their powers. And so we played through that um, and then do a second one. But it was great because it was directly sponsored by the people, by, I mean, by Amazon. So <laughs> that was great. crazy to me um, that that wasn't even an option to be able to work with a larger brand and then be like, hey, people love your show and people in this community love your show. Even the next best thing is to just, you know, combine two worlds. And um, it was electric. People were excited. Chat was excited. Um, the feedback I got from the company was also just really positive. Um, so it worked all, all around. So hopefully in my future, manifesting to be able to do that with other brands, because I think that the commu tabletop community is awesome. And we also always, you know, reskin systems and we're fans of many, many things <laughs> um, besides just tabletop things. So um, I think that that'd be a really cool future. And there's so many, so many systems, <laughs> whether rebranding, you know, or reskinning D&D FE, or um, using other systems, there's so many possibilities to, um, you know, express another fandom through your current fandom, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, too, right? That's the universe is colliding one more. And, yeah. and, and I, I think this is, Shelly, I don't think, no, if you, I, you don't watch The Boys, do you, Shelly? Have you ever seen mm -mm. it? 
No, um, I've heard. I mean, no of it, but I've it's got it. a reality television tie-in. So that's what oh, all the ding, all ding, the ding. all the rejected superheroes were part of, like an elimination-style superhero show. Yeah, we, we basically styled it also like a drag nice. race. <laughs> oh, nice! Where there was confessionals and because it was also Pride, so most of our characters were queer as well. So there that's was a little, it. It was just a. Blast. It was blessed. <laughs> I love I love the idea of confessionals in with D and D. That would D&D be so... characters. That just makes me so happy to just have the idea of like you do your thing and then afterwards, like, what were you really trying to do there? <laughs> what yeah. do you really think about the bard? And just yeah, just would like to know a little behind the scenes action. I think it's it could be cool. For DMs listening, uh, that's a spicy way to uh, spicy, <laughs> a spicy way to get some character development or some yeah. character conflict into your yeah. <laughs> campaigns. And a good it- way, yeah, for audience investment too. If you are actually streaming these shows, because now I'm like, well, now I want to see this relationship between the wizard and the bard develop. Now that we know the wizard really doesn't like the bard, right? <laughs> Yes. That is kind of cool, right? We talk a lot about how session zeros have become a larger part of uh, running things, but like how about 0.5 sessions, right? Like, oh, this is this is the in-between. This is what happens, uh, you know, uh, smaller little more bite-sized bits of content that you can put in between each, you know, weekly or bi-weekly uh, big session, right? Yeah, that's something that um, the channel, which I didn't mention the name of, it's called Feywild and Out. So um, like it. Wild and Out, but it's Fey Wild and Out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's something that we typically do ev- after every session um, for our Patreon where we kind of like talk oh, about um, yeah. not only like how our characters and what favorite moments were, but just like what are they thinking right now or their objectives. And then the cool part is our DM also tells us what we missed. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that. So for one, <laughs> I remember one uh, session in particular um, my character was uncharacteristically very straightforward because she is um, that a character that's like, no, let's befriend, befriend the dragon. Guys, we don't have to kill everybody. And for that one, she but she learned this guy was like blowing up like innocent people. So he's like, you know what? Maybe murder is okay. Um, <laughs> For so, this one particular Yeah, just instance. this one. Just this one time, my friends can go ahead and go do it. I'm not going to do it. I'll buff you up so you can do it. Uh, <laughs> turn, I'll, just, I'll just look away while I do this. Yeah, mm-hmm. but apparently if we, if we went into the trap of being, nah, he could be our friends. We would have went into a labyrinth of things and had to find our way out. And then the only way is that because he wanted to die, apparently. And I'm just like, oh, you prepared so much and I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like it sounds like they the DM almost prepared that part of the story, knowing that your character would be like, oh, let's be friends with it. Yes, she's really amazing. <laughs> um, her name is Jen. Jen is online. And um, that's kind of her thing. She even has her own podcast talking about that where she just likes to um, plan in advance, knowing our characters, uh, <laughs> like personalities, and so she knows that we are ha- a heavy, heavy RP party. So even if I, even if Jade, the person, is like, "Oh yeah, that's a trap. That's one hundred percent a trap." My character, um, bless her heart, is very trusting. So <laughs> if it's a trap, but if the guy had a really, really good pitch about it, then maybe she'll go into <laughs> Just it this anyways. One. 
Why know. would somebody be so rude? I feel like that's, like that's just who she is. This is how I got into trouble when we were playing diplomacy with coworkers. Yes. I'm like, oh. mm, like the real me was like, <laughs> he's probably telling me the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though those those games Never. are the bane of my existence. Because I'm just because I laugh when I'm uncomfortable, but I also laugh when <laughs> things are funny. So then I'm just constantly laughing and they're like, Oh, you're giggling, you're it. I'm just like, no, I'm not. I just don't know what to do. And so I get eliminated and I'm just like, it wasn't me. <laughs> it's like the anti-poker face. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love all this. Uh, so, what's this character that you that you were playing for this uh, thing? I, you said said she's trusting, but what's what, what's her uh, mm-hmm. what's her deal? What's where does she come from? Yeah, she, her name's Amara, and she's a uh, fox shifter. So, swift stride, swift, bleh, swift stride shifter. Say Ooh, that's, that three that, times no, fast. That's too hard. That is a lot, a lot. Um, yeah, she's a bard druid, multi-class, uh, homebrew druid, because we are playing in a homebrew space. So in this homebrew space, uh, the east has a, an island um, that has a gigantic tree that creates or, or an aura of gentle repose. So there's druids who guard that tree, who are specialists in like healing, but also like um, preserving you know, bodies, etc. Um, and there's also an underground city of undead, friendly undead, uh, that, Aww. you know, live off of that <laughs> gentle repose. <laughs> so that's the uh, area that she comes from. Um, and then she's like, you know what? I think that I'm pretty good at writing stories and singing. So she has like a like one level and uh, bard, which I thought was really cute. Um, and she just travels around and uh, works for her um, alchemist, uh, basically found mom. She's an orphan, but like, you know, you always find your family eventually. So her found mom, who is a um, alchemist who I got to play, because the coolest part about this universe is that we were able to play six one shots where we developed characters that would be in this universe um, throughout different timelines of this place. Um, so a lot of our former PCs are now going to be NPCs. We already ran into one what? who gave us a mission and lied to all of us. <laughs> a, wait, a former PC is now an NPC? Mm-hmm. That is really cool. So like all of this is like, it's just really amazing. I'm kind of terrified because most of my PCs, I kind of built them as a, a gaslight girl boss gatekeep. So <laughs> they are not nice. <laughs> And so I fear for my very nice girl right now. Like one's a cult leader. Um, the other oh, one's yeah, like that's not going to end well for her. Yeah, <laughs> she's like I'm very trusting. You're, you're very trusting girl. And she's like, wow, you're a goddess, really? <laughs> and I can be one too. Yeah, so I'm 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 worried. And there's also like a, I think somebody else's character was like a gloomstalker ranger that was also a warforged. So he was Ooh. just in the shadows. And then during that like that uh, like arc he just shot everything none of us had to do anything about it so uh he's gonna be <laughs> dangerous okay. if he's a bad guy and then okay. we played one that was just all like definitely definitely villains so i'm not excited to run into those definitely definitely villains um but at least now we know that these are characters that are out there um and how they kind of work but we're not sure what happened because there's a lot of time skips in between so it's been a nice like world building um fun time for all of us i dig that i dig that as a d that's a good dm tip to write to show 
a lot of the uh, uh, what's the rogues gallery of characters that you could potentially meet up with or not, but just that threat of like, oh no, there's there's a lot of they're out there things out there that that you can encounter. Yeah, and our note taker has been really good at that because um, I think after he ran into one character, he's like, yeah, just meet me up at so-and-so. And that so-and-so place is where all of the baddies that from our jailbreak session broke out from. So oh. <laughs> now I'm just like, do we go there? <laughs> is it safe? <laughs> I'm sure or, it's fine. It's, it's Arkham totally Asylum. Fine. What could go wrong? There's <laughs> <laughs> never been anything bad happened there before. <laughs> Or uh, uh, Glacier's Edge, you know, right? In the, in the yeah. D&D term. Uh, very fun. Um, so, uh, well, I mean, shifting tracks a little bit, because I love this part of uh, what you were doing. You mentioned how the boys was about, um, uh, you know, uh, marginalized communities and pride and, and trying to bring that forward. How do you do that in a, on, a, on a larger scale and, and, and you know, bring more... Uh, D&D to people who uh, identify with so many of the different parts. You mentioned like RuPaul's Drag Race, like that that whole thing is like, there. I feel like there's so many people who are like us, like theater people who want to just kind of express themselves. And how do we, how do we encourage more of that within the D&D community? Mm-hmm. So it's great that you mentioned that because I also wrote my thesis about this um, <laughs> towards the end of my college career. I was like, yeah, I really like tabletop. Uh, so I <laughs> convinced my theater, uh, my theater professors. I was like, so, D&D, and this is like with my like, you know, fancy mustache and monocle and top hat, <laughs> just trying to be very, very highbrow. So D&D is uh, a form of ritualistic theater because we all come to a space with so for a set of rules and engage in a ritualistic practice where we act in these scenarios that might be also psychodramas. And so I just had to like pull out every single term for my entire year. Get those 50 cent words in there. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I did. Um, but it, it worked out. They they approved it. Um, so, but um, to the meat and bones of it, I kind of just, I really wanted to find people on my campus who, you know, liked the idea, but didn't think that it was for them. Um, so pr- first step for me was trying to find the most basic, uh, like, form in the basic uh, format. But I didn't want to take away, because a lot of times when people like to, uh, you know, suggest mm-hmm. D&D for characters, um, they typically make the characters for them. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that I really wanted to do, especially for like marginalized identities, because I want to make character creations my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. I was like a black queer woman who's <laughs> also plus size. That's like my favorite thing to do. Because what am I going <laughs> to do? Make my character most likely black, female, and plus sized. Uh, <laughs> so right? that was one of the things that we had an entire session where it was just us, like, you know, going through like how to make your character. Um, certain people were like, I don't really see like this option. Is there a way for me to make this option? So it was really nice to like walk them through options in there. Um, since I was DMing, I'm a very rule cool DM, especially for newer players because it, it's a learning experience. So yeah. um, it was just nice to like, you know, walk that through um, people's like different uh, neurodivergencies and see if they wanted to portray that into their characters. Mm. Um, what are their fantasies? Like, what do they want to be? Um, so that was a huge part of like the first part of our session zeros, essentially. And then um, also doing, of course, another session zero, talking about what is lines, what are veils, um, and how can we do that? How can we accommodate that? Because for that, I think I did a very small section of, uh, I can't remember the module 
Um, but it was in the D&D Essentials kit before mm. um, they changed it a little bit with like Dragons of Icepire Peak, etc. Um, but we modified a lot of it because there was a lot of spiders. And of course, that was somebody who's lying with arachnophobia. Oh, so then sense. we just made them slimes. Nice. <laughs> we made them slimes. And then we're just like, oh, there's more slimes. I'm like, hmm, I wonder how that happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I just made it more. And then, of course, with that stuff, like even if it didn't, you know, wasn't mechanically super duper sound. Um, it was something that I like to enjoy to like, you know, reward creativity and things like that. Um, but really just that base beginning part of knowing that this is a safe space for like, you know, having ideas, making mistakes. As the great Miss Frizzle once said, <laughs> be courageous, make mistakes. Uh, and that was really like, I guess the building ground of that. Um, and then also like uh, talking after, because I was really curious about how people went about it and seeing like, hey, was there any similarities between like something that you were going through or something that you wanted to between your character creation process? Because I didn't want to like, you know, get too deep into their business because I mean, people are themselves and sometimes you want to share, sometimes you don't. Right. Um, so let it be anonymous. And a lot of people are just like, I found myself being this character or I found myself in real life being um, construed as like this one type of person who's like very straight laced and very uptight, but I'm really not that way. It's just what people think that I am. So I wanted to play something that was very extreme into what I think that I am, even though that's not truly who I am. And so I could practice being perceived as this um or like i don't think of myself as that cool so i'm going to play the coolest character imaginable <laughs> or um, one of our friends at the time um they um, they identified as a male but at the time we didn't know that they were questioning so they played mm. a um, more femme presenting non-binary character um and now they are now femme and non-binary so that was a great way for them to i guess uh like role play as that gender or explore that identity more in a safe space without like, you know, be having that fear of you know, a lot of things that come with being uh, trans in yeah. communities, especially in uh, nerdy communities. Sometimes there are a lot of combats in between um, more traditional ideals and more liberal ideals. So um, I'm glad that she was comfortable with me being a person to, you know, reveal that information to arts. Um, and so they've just been all really great. And I think that it's just, D&D as a experience is so liberating for marginalized identities, in my opinion, um, myself included, because we all get put in these roles and these pre-assigned things, like either they're stereotypes, either they're just like, you know, phenotypical things like, I am Black, I cannot change that. <laughs> that is just an undisputable fact, but there are some like, you know, identities that come with that, but you can if you want to explore different identities within a role-playing game, especially D&D, um, and kind of put some more agency on how you present yourself and how you have those roles, because you're playing in those roles. It's in the name. Uh, so I, that's one of the main things I put in my thesis, and that's been like my mantra about like how I move throughout the tabletop space. Um, I even do panels now talking about it and more of like maybe not just tabletop, but also in video game RPGs as well, and how we could do better there to explore those identities in those games. Um, and that's truly like my passion at the moment is just that this is just a great 
great genre. This is a great game, especially D&D. It's my first love. So I just want other people to, you know, be able to experience that, but also realize that there's so much more to it than just like dice rolls and dragons. Yeah. Yeah. I love all that. I mean, I think we've been talking to people over the, you know, seven years that we've been doing Dragon Talk where there are eye-opening moments when playing uh, around their identities or sexuality or even just... Um, you know, the type of characters that they like, that they like to play and be like, oh, I didn't know this about myself. I, who knew? Mm-hmm. Or like, I love that the example of like the person who didn't think they were cool, but that they got to play a cool character. And yeah. then you realize like, oh, wait a second, that's just... It you was know, in you, you all along. Right. Yeah, because when they said that, I was like, what do you mean? You're so cool. Yeah. <laughs> but for them, they didn't feel that way. So for them to perform that that version of coolness in their brain, that, that in itself was like almost therapeutic for them, which I yeah. loved. And we don't think about how we do that in our lives, right? You know, like when we go to a new job or a new move to a new area, like you do present yourself in a way like and you get to do that each week or each session that you play Dungeons and Dragons. You can present a new person, a version of yourself uh, in, in different ways. And sometimes you're like, oh, I actually like wearing this shape-shifting skin a little bit more <laughs> than, yeah. uh, than the way I was doing it before, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's really... Uh, amazing. And I'm glad you're doing that work. I, w- I want to read this thesis. Uh, I know. I'm very impressed it, that as a, th- there's a, a very truncated version that's more n- less, I wouldn't say less academic talk, but less like explaining what is Dungeons and Dragons? What mm. is, because I had to do mm-hmm. a lot of that as well in the original sure. format um, because of, you know, those were theater professors. So had to, you know, do that, but with less exposition about what is Dungeons and Dragons, what classifies a role-playing game. That's currently on my website, oh, um, on my blog section. So jadevalkyrie.com slash blog, I believe. And it's the top one um, about marginalized t- tabletop RPGs being... Um, healing um, from a theater perspective, something along those lines. Wow. The, I mean, uh, theater is like that too, right? Like I, I, I love that you're using the skills uh, both in producing and wrangling and getting people together for a creative project as well as, you know, the performance aspect of it. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, I love that as a dungeon master, you're giving people that, like actually actively creating that safe space for them to go into and explore these different facets. But a lot of times when we're playing with with other people, maybe we don't realize that this is something that they're this they're they're using their D and D space for exploration, and maybe they don't realize it either. So I'm just yeah. wondering, as for dungeon masters, if like how do you make sure that you're creating that safe space, or actually, if that is something that they're trying to explore. Are you taking a role as a dungeon master to give them environments in which they can really show off this side of their character? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, I think the first thing that I like to do, um, and I guess this would be for people who've already played Dungeons & Dragons before, who are comfortable with the character creation process, um, I like to do, one of the first things that I do in a session zero is kind of establish what people's play styles are. Um, because for some people, Dungeons and Dragons is all about combat. They want to dice roll. They want to f- defeat the big bags, level up, etc. Mm-hmm. And then for some people, and this is my preferred playstyle, um, I do like a little bit of combat. I don't. I want to fight something because I got cool spells and I want to use them. But <laughs> I really like role playing a lot. And so usually with the ro- more role playing crowds, I like to see like what do they want to do? What do, what are their goals? 
um, within that role-playing space? Is there a certain character journey they want to take? Like um, right. giving them certain questions. And I also stole this from my current DM with the other campaign that I was talking about, about giving them more character development questions. And then also putting like in notes to be like, if there's anything else that I haven't discussed, but you really like to see in like this one shot or this short campaign, et cetera, please let me know. Um, anything is open. Um, and I also like to mention when we're doing character creation, nothing is off limits for me. Um, I typically try to make environments so where there's no like, you can't play this class, you can't play this class, you can't play this class. Um, I really, really try my best not to. Sometimes it really sucks if you have a flying character and one of your traps is you can't fly out of it. <laughs> but typically, <laughs> I try to make it work um, to give that like space. This a lot of room so it doesn't seem like you are... Um, of course, you want to be... Um, you want to facilitate, I guess, guardrails. Um, I think Brendan Lee Mulligan had a very, very good... Um, like a metaphor for this where your job as a DM is not to be kind of like uh, the driving force behind the water that is the players, but the players are like the water that flows at the top of the hill. And then you're making the path for them to eventually reach the bottom of the hill, but you're guiding that river. So you're making like that dirt on the side to make sure that the river it might wind it might turn yeah. a little bit but eventually it'll still get to that destination but you're really just a guide to get the players to where they need to go you're not you know yeah driving them towards the goal which might be some people's style but that's not a style that I prefer especially with the people that I yeah. play I like that analogy of being like the banks of the river like you're mm -hmm. yeah that's great super cool Awesome. Well, it's been great hearing uh, all of this. I, I want to know more, and I think people uh, can check out this thesis as well as all the amazing projects yeah. that you're doing and the channel. So uh, you mentioned them a, a little bit before, but why don't we just give the, the full, like where, where can people find out about what Jade Valkyrie is doing? Cool. Awesome. Well, yep. I've been Jade Valkyrie. I do a lot of nerdy shenanigans, as we said, <laughs> with a geek lifestyle specialist. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I host, produce, uh, cosplay, and I play tabletop RPGs. Um, you can find me most places as Jade Valkyrie, uh, as I believe will be written on the episode. Oh, totally. Um, Yes, awesome. And uh, that would be yeah, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and Twitter. Uh, Twitter's where I post the most things about nerdy shenanigans dealing with tabletop. And then on Twitch, I do stream on my own channel sometimes, and that's Jade Valkyrie with the three at the end of Valkyrie, where I play RPGs, but I also play esports, since I also do some hosting in esports as well with Overwatch and uh, League of Legends. Um, so I like to say that I like to do esports and I like to do RPGs. Those are my two spheres of games, I suppose. Um, but I also play in Mondays a campaign um, over on Feywild and out on Twitch. That's where the uh, fox girl that is really trusting is Amara. And then I'm finishing yeah. up a series, a mini series on Mercs of Mischief on Wednesdays, uh, where I play a dark healer, a gra gra grave cleric whose speciality is healing necrotic damage. Um, and that is on Wednesdays on uh, Mercs and Mischief. And those are the two that I'm in right now. But check out my Twitter because I have some more upcoming projects that I really can't wait to share. <laughs> oh, exciting. Yeah, awesome. Well, it's been, again, so great talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, gosh, I, that's a lot of things to go check out. So hopefully everyone jumps in and I'm going to go read that thesis right now. I know, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. A wonderful conversation. I enjoy hearing about people's cosplay and how they they put in so much effort and they have these characters that speak to them and then get to embody them, right? Like, I feel like cosplay is so much like what Dungeons & Dragons role-playing is all about and uh, Jade gets to kind of, you know, have her different disciplines come together. Uh, and and her cosplay is amazing. Definitely really check out uh, her website there and yeah. be be prepared to be amazed. It's so fun to just to scroll through all of them and see the the differences and realize that she made that all herself. You know, she created those costumes. I know, and I love that her dad is cosplaying too. I know, it's yeah. so sweet. What a wonderful way to bond. Certainly pulled on the heartstrings for for both of us. There, we're like, oh. Yeah. We want to inspire that there. We want our kids to hang out with us. And that's why our dedication for Welcome to Dragon Talk uh, is really all about our kids. Are you going to read it? Read it. Read an excerpt right now. I dare you. Sure. For my daughters, Edna and Fiona, future dungeon masters. (laughs) And then for Quinn, also known as Chunky Cheese, the wizard who casts spells out of his butt. And will always be my hero. My baby. He's such a cute baby with his butt my spells. Baby. His little butt spells. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably going to cast his little butt spells this weekend because we had to reschedule our Wild Beyond the Witchlight game with you know mm. the neighbor family. Yeah. But I am DMing everyone. I'm DMing. Hey, um, but we did have to reschedule quite a few times and... The, the dad of this family was like, I am so sorry. I, we keep rescheduling. I really want to play D&D. And Bart said, oh, but you are playing D&D because the first rule is you have to reschedule three or four times <laughs> before you actually play. Yes. The villain of every campaign <laughs> is scheduling. The yes. scheduling monster. Yes. I actually now want to stat that up, have like a big calendar be the thing that kind of Yes. Destroy uh, I'm the, in your way. The, the dates marked out as to what you can and can play. Yeah. yeah. So right. once once you have defeated the mighty calendar, then you can get your game going. Then you can so. jump in and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Has uh, Quinn been preparing his stinking cloud spells? He is. He is so advanced in that realm. He doesn't need to prepare anything. <laughs> he's having, he needs he's to prepare having... a little less. <laughs> if we're being honest. Uh, Less beans in his diet, please. He's such a little jerk. Oh, we love him. I know, my baby. Well, if you want to find out more about what's going on in the world of D&D, there's no better place than D&D Beyond. You can get all access to our Dungeons & Dragons materials there. You can make characters. Uh, You can... uh, create homebrew spells, homebrew items, and work on them and share them with your uh, people in your campaign. It's a really just a great tool, so check everything out there at D&D Beyond. I am at Greg Tito on Twitter, Greg underscore Tito on Instagram. And if you want to follow along for all the fun projects that I'm doing, that's probably the best place to start. What about you, Shelly? You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Shelly Moo. That's it. Have you ever created a Jelly Moo uh, Instagram account with just pictures of like puddles and, and, and uh, oozes that you've taken? I think you should. I could, like a Jelly Goo, like for my Spelljammer character? Yeah. Like her, what her But like when, whenever you go around and you find anything that's jelly-like or slime-like uh, in your life, you can just be like, oh, this is... 
It would be like two pictures. Do you find jelly and slime a lot in your life? <laughs> all the time. You don't. Where are maybe, you seeing all the jelly and slimes? Maybe I just need to clean out the refrigerator more. Often <laughs> are your kids making slime? Remember when that was a thing? Oh, God. I, I maybe banned it's still slime. No slime in my house. I hate slime. It's too, I, it just it stains everything. It's just, uh, the, in the, oh, the texture of it is just, uh, yeah. Uh, yuck. Sorry. We are not Jubilex fans here in this, oh, in this house. Oh, yeah. But I am. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, you know, in, in spirit, I am a Jubilex. And Zugget Moy. I ship well, them. you know. I ship them. <laughs> you know my feelings on Zuggy. <laughs> so then you must love slime, too. Slimy mm. mushrooms? Slimy mushrooms. That have been That's... in the crisper too long? <laughs> I, just, I just threw up a little bit. Yep. So this yeah, is, take pictures of great. all these things. Take pictures of all these things and post mm. it as Jelly Goo. I like mm. it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Well, one of your other characters is in danger. No, she wouldn't be in danger. Junkie Two Shoes is being uh, forcibly pulled away from the vegetation that she just is tried she? to slash and did lots of damage to in the preserve of the ancients in the Radiant Citadel. And we are picking it up there as you're being uh, pulled towards this uh, center area that is a circular courtyard within the preserve of the ancients. And there are several <laughs> figures there. What? I would just remember that she swatted away my, my mirror, my minor, my minor illusion of like a sad cat crying. Yes. She was like, mm. uh, and she dispelled it actually. She just kind of uh, got rude. rid of it. Yeah. Um, so you are, again, kind of pulled into this area, and you see several uh, figures, uh, most of them uh, humanoid um, in shape, well, all of them humanoid in shape, but, you know, there's so many humans, there's a, a few um, that you might uh, think of as elves, um, uh, a gnome uh, as well, um, as, and uh, they are kind of observing as you come in. Like, they're certainly a big part of uh, their... Uh, n- normal goings on is being disrupted by you being dragged forward um, here by the speaker uh, of Speaker Cholet. Um, and she says, I'm sorry to interrupt our deliberations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I've discovered uh, this individual who has a very interesting story to tell. But before we get to that, there is the matter of her admittance to the Radiant Citadel that we must discuss. And they all, they all kind of like just, you know, attentively looked uh, to her and any conversation that was going on kind of stops as they all uh, have her attention. And Shola says, uh, yes, this is Drunky Two Shoes, a tabaxi, not of this plane. And she entered the Radiant Citadel not through our normal channels. She did not play the toll to the Dawn Incarnates. And it is up to them to hear her story and uh, exact the price for admittance to our Radiant Citadel. And then as she says that, several of these crystalline cult, uh, uh, creatures that you've seen, one of which that you chased after the, the squirrel, um, these larger uh, crystalline kind of are arrayed around the circle in the preserve itself, kind of in the nature, but they're, they're also all paying attention and, and listening to you. So there's a amber-colored scorpion, for example, very ornate. You can see the huge uh, 
stinger uh, resting above it. And uh, again, you notice that these these crystals are not necessarily connected. They're almost floating as if magic has brought them together and, and allowed them to be these particular so cool. beings in front of you. Uh, you see a larger turquoise-colored lion um, as well as a, um, a tree, a pecan tree. Some of these are not just uh, animals. They are also... Uh, take on the shapes of, of trees. There is a, uh, funnily enough, a floating uh, carp, a fish, uh, that has a pearlescent-shaped jewels um, that is almost like swimming through the air uh, and, and, and regarding you. Wow. And Shola says, you may speak. Drunky two shoes. What are? What is? Why are you here? And what can you offer us? For offer you admittance. Yes. The, uh, first of all, my name is Drunky Two Shoes. Perhaps you've heard of me. There's a drink named after me at a bar named after my brother, or something like that. <laughs> I don't quite remember. They don't respond. They just kind of continue to regard you. I came here. Not by choice. I was sent here because I believe that my brother, Daryl Two Shoes, is missing. And this is where he is. I don't know how I got here. I was teleported here. I poofed in. That's it. That's all I know. I don't know anything about admittance or tolls. I wasn't trying to shortchange anybody. You're all very beautiful, by the way. They all uh, kind of accept your story. They they shift a little bit, especially when you when you give them a compliment. A few of them do like you know uh, accept that compliment. Like, oh, she's saying something nice about us. That's nice. Uh, nothing um, in the form of words is communicated to you uh, through these incarnates, as well as the speakers. And uh, uh, speaker Cholet kind of prompts uh, you to say more. She says. Uh, we understand that this was not of your choice uh, to you. come to this Radiant Citadel, but as we said, there is sometimes a non-monetary gift oh. that you can offer, whether it is a uh, a song or a piece of information, a story that we are unaware of here in the Citadel can sometimes be a... Um, accepted uh, for, for admittance to the Radiant Citadel. Do you have anything that you would like to explain beyond uh, your your drink? Uh, <laughs> your cocktail that is named well, after you? Well, I am hoping to get answers about that cocktail and why there is a cocktail named after me. But uh, did I ever tell you about the time I saved the entire city of Waterdeep from doppelgangers? Because I did. Mm, and where is this Waterdeep? Drunky just is confused because she's not good at geography. She just <laughs> she points downwards and says, "It's down there, down there, down where in a, in a different plane." I see. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very beautiful. Um, and she uh, she kind of turns. She's like, "Give me one moment," and she uh, uh, kind of brings the speakers who are there uh, to confer briefly, as well as uh, the. You get the sense, yeah, and they they kind of 
um, turn their backs from me for a second just to be able to converse amongst themselves. You hear some quiet talk. Uh, and then you see these these incarnates are also, you get the sense that they're kind of almost uh, telepathically communicating with the speakers as well. And you see one of them uh, turn towards their uh, incarnate. Uh, it's the, the lion um, and kind of maybe exchange some information back and forth and then they go back to converse uh, amongst the speakers um, and then uh, they, they, this goes on for a few minutes. Do you want to do anything or you just, what do you, what do you choose to do? I'm licking my claws, just like some light grooming. Some light grooming. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Speaker Cholet turns back to you and says, Yes. Your acceptance to the Radiant Citadel is approved. Oh, thank goodness. Thank but, you. But under one condition. Yeah? Which you must agree to before it, the approval is final. Okay. Many years ago, the different cultures uh, here were connected to this radiant uh, city, uh, citadel and were able to travel between their worlds and ours. We have lost connection with some of those worlds. One of them is home to... People like yourself. Tabaxis? Yes. And that is where your brother departed this citadel to find. What? He went, he was here and then he went there? Yes. After you lost connection with them or, or before? After we lost connection with them to How restore you... connection. But we have you... not heard from him since. So you know Daryl Two-Shoes? I have met him, yes. And it is the decision of these incarnates that you may be here, you may prepare, but we would like you to travel and restore this connection and hopefully reconnect with your brother. How do I restore a connection? That we don't know. I, like, there's no information about this? We can find it. Here, and we will aid you in such, but okay. we think you have been brought here to accomplish this task. Look, I really came here to find my brother. Um, well, that is and, what we were asking you to do. And I don't know why he came here, but I, I guess so. I'll go. Can you please also just explain like this whole drink thing to me at some point? <laughs> I'm still really confused about that. Also, I'd like another. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you accept, uh, perhaps libations are in order. I accept! I accept! Drunky two-shoes all around, then. Woo! And uh, we'll, we'll end it there as we'll continue Where with am the I story going now? Going forward. This is amazing. Uh,